You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Wait a minute. This sounds like an earthly king, but that's not how a real king came. He did not come on a golden coach. He did not come on a white horse. There were no trumpets playing. 
He didn't sleep on satin sheets. He did not live in a castle. And there were no crowds to greet him. So how did our king come? Our Lord Jesus came down to this earth to for, for one mission, and that was to redeem mankind. Jesus, who is without sin, was sent to be our sacrifice and paid the penalty so we might be redeemed. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. As scripture indicates, Jesus did not come in a big palace. He came in the most humble way in a town of Bethlehem. Yes, Christmas is a time we celebrate the birth of our king. It was truly our king that was born that night, as, as the prophets were told. Over 400 years... truly our king that was born that night as the prophets were told over 400 years passed while people waited and now the moment of his appearance had finally arrived the truth is except for some angels in a bright star the plan unfolded quietly when jesus was born the earth was silent
thought that this little child, this infant, could be the promised Messiah? Who would have thought that the promised Messiah would come this way? He did not come in a golden cup. He did not come on a white horse. There were no trumpets playing. He didn't sleep on satin sheets. There were no flags. He did not live in a castle. And there were no crowds to greet him. Luke 2.11, For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Certainly this was no birthplace for the Son of God. Did the Messiah really come this way? Yes, our king came to earth, lowly and humble, and without sin, for you and for me. Luke 2, 7. And she brought forth the, her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. God's son became human, starting as an infant, and grew up very humble. He did not claim special privileges, but lived a selfless, obedient life. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus did come through a crowd one day, not in a gold porch or on a white horse. He came on a small colt, and a week later, the people were shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! He went to the cross willingly to pay our sin debt and died a selfless, obedient death. Luke one thirty two and 33. And he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give him unto his kingdom of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and in his kingdom there shall be no end. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our, us our sins and cleanse us all for, for all unrighteousness. What a great salvation. 
Hey man, it was funny to see the sheep going astray. Did you notice that? Uh, the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. And I thought uh, some of the kids were just content to lay around. And I said, whatever they're doing, it just works. Um, so uh, uh, do uh, thank you so much for joining us for the uh, Christmas program this morning and all the work that went put in and uh, that was put into it. Uh, you know, I believe if you want to do something for the Lord, we ought to try to do it with excellence. And I appreciate all the hard work that was put in uh, from the kids on up and all the workers all the singers. Uh, I want to give a few thoughts to you this morning. Right before we uh, dismiss today, I got some verses to share with you also out of the Gospel of Luke chapter number two. And also we will have a potluck following the service as well. So everyone who uh, is able, please plan to stay for the potluck if you would please. In Luke chapter number two, uh, we're going to be looking in just a moment. Uh, But you know, I love Christmas. I don't know about you, but uh, I know not everybody loves Christmas, and that's all right, but uh, I almost love everything about Christmas. I love the trees, I love the music, I love the presents, uh, I love the movies, uh, the joy and good cheer, I love it all. Uh, but you know, probably one of my favorite things is I enjoy Christmas lights. I always enjoy lights this time of year. Uh, uh, as a kid, I enjoyed riding around looking at them. I uh, just really appreciate Christmas lights. When I was a kid, we uh, in our in our in our county, there's a little town called McCaddenville, North Carolina, McCaddenville, uh, and it's this it's a small town that would uh, every house, every building in the entire town uh, would be decked out in Christmas lights. Pretty much every tree in the entire town, and like literally, people would line up and just. Uh, way out on the highway just to go through this town. And it was just always the coolest thing. Uh, I love the lights uh, around Christmas. I love Christmas lights. And, you know, there's a meaning behind those Christmas lights. Uh, And we see that in Luke 2, we see the very first Christmas light, if you will. In Luke chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and notice, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And if you would, skip down to verse number 30 with me also. Verse number 30 When Simeon, the old man, faithful old man of God there in the temple, sees and holds the Lord Jesus in his hands, the baby Jesus, he says, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, 
which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. And notice this, a light, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. You know, no matter where you turn in the Bible, you will find that light is a theme. And especially in regards to the Christmas season, light is a theme. The Bible says that Jesus came to be the light of the world. Uh, Danny uh, played beautifully this morning, Silent Night, Holy Night. But you know, that song really isn't as much about the night, is it? It's more about the light. Uh, the glory, the glory that uh, shines on His holy face and so forth. The Son of God loves pure light, radiant beams from Thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. As we sing, hark the herald angels sing, we say, we say, hail the Son of righteousness, light and life to all He brings, risen with healing in His wings. See, we sing at Christmas because we have something to sing about. Light has come into the world, and we need never to walk in darkness again. Now, thinking about the light of Christmas today, I want to go back to the, one of the first mentions in regard to that light. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 9, there's another familiar Christmas passage. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6 where the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, in this passage that was written 700 years before the birth of Christ, it has a prophecy of the birth of Christ. But I want you to notice the very first word there in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for. We pick up with that verse, but if we pause for a moment, we've got to ask ourselves, well, what is the for there for? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and so forth. Well, if you go back to the preceding verses, you'll find out that mankind, it speaks of the darkness that humankind is living in and has lived in and was living in before the Lord came. If you go back to Isaiah chapter number 8, verse 19, the Bible says this is the state of mankind here, the darkness. Isaiah 8, 19 says, And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter. Should not a people seek unto their God? For the living to the dead, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them. And they shall pass through it, hardly be stead and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God and look upward." And they shall look unto the earth, and behold, trouble, and darkness, dimness, and anguish. And they shall be driven to darkness. Now these may not sound like Christmas verses to you, but they are. Because the reason Jesus came is because the darkness that mankind lies in today. 
that mankind lined in specifically in this day, but I submit to you today that there's many people today that are still in spiritual darkness. There's still people today, even, even oftentimes religious people, there are some dark, there's people living in some dark places. Places of loneliness, places of despair, places without hope. You know, we think about the, the way the last couple years have been and, and, and the division and the, uh, the uncertainty. And man, if you hear, uh, I mean, much of news media seems like it's almost turned into doomsday prophets. There's a lot of uncertainty and darkness about tomorrow. So when these verses in Isaiah are given, this is the prelude to the Christmas story. Basically, it shows a picture of people in darkness that are seeking something beyond themselves. Because deep down in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl, there's a realization that there must be something greater than us. There must be something greater than what the world promises. I mean, I look around this morning, and I wonder, and I look at people that are my age and older, younger, I guess it doesn't matter, but if you've lived in this life, you have been drawn about from one thing given a promise to another. You know, a promise of something greater. A promise of some fulfillment. And a lot of times this has led people to despair. Because people... You know, I know in my situation, and some of you can identify with this, whether it be drugs or alcohol, you're just seeking, maybe that'll be it. Some people are seeking wealth and think maybe that'll be it. But then you get a little bit of money that at one time you would have thought would have been a lot of money, and you realize you need more money. That's not enough. You know, I, I remember, like as far as the drug reference goes, I remember... My, what, what, I remember just using tobacco for the first time and getting dizzy and thinking, man, that's cool. Chewing tobacco, not so much, because that was dizziness followed by a world of hurt, you know, and there, you know, as a little kid. But what I'm trying to say is that you do one drug and you're like, oh, this is cool. Then you follow to the other one. Or you go from the drug, you go to the party. There's some people that go to religion. They seek religion. They're in darkness and they seek religion. That's what these people were doing. And you say, well, isn't religion good? Well, under a certain definition, I suppose it could be. But folks, what religion is to a lot of people is basically their efforts to get to God. Their efforts to please God. Oftentimes, it's represented by some organization, some church that gives you a list of do's and do nots and haves and have nots. And you got lists to check off and, uh, and, and hopefully you're good enough. Maybe you're better than the next person and you've got a hope maybe of heaven. But folks, that's not what the Bible speaks of. See, the, the reason Jesus came uh, is that people might have light. The reason that Jesus came was to have a relationship with man. See, religion, oftentimes as it's defined, is man's efforts to try to reach God. The Tower of Babel trying to reach to the heavens. But hallelujah, folks. The light. Christmas. What's it all about? God came down to man. And I want to bring that a lot more narrow because yes, He came down to man in the general sense, but I'm telling you, He comes to you today as an individual on a relational basis. And He wants you to know Him as Savior. He knows you. He loves you. But in darkness, 
We don't recognize that. That's where man was lying. These people in, in Isaiah 8 were seeking for something outside of themselves. They were blinded, but they didn't realize it. They were longing for something greater. They were longing for a greater meaning, a greater purpose. And by the way, I understand people who have turned their back on churches and even on God. Because if what I knew of church is what some of you have experienced, and if God was who you have been introduced to as God, I wouldn't want nothing to do with that God either. I wouldn't be interested in that church either. For those of you who say, no, I've tried religion. I've tried church. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You don't need church. You don't need religion. You need Jesus. Amen? And when you get a relationship with your Creator, let me tell you something today. You talk about light shining in darkness. Just like those angels proclaimed and praised God, I'm telling you what, it makes you lift up your heart to praise because, praise God, when you find Jesus... And really, when Jesus finds you, let me tell you something, you find what you've been looking for. Amen? Amen? And so, uh, but, but, but people are in darkness. They're looking for something greater. And specifically, these people he's talking about in Isaiah had turned to the occult. They had turned to darkness, which promised light, but this so-called enlightenment just leads to greater darkness. It promises enlightenment leads to greater darkness. How many of you have found that what we think of as gaining more liberty? Many of us have seen it as teenagers. Maybe we've, hopefully not, but perhaps we've seen it in our own teenagers. Seeking more liberty. Seeking more freedom. And what does it end up leading to? More bondage. More bondage. Because what's sold as light isn't light at all. And what's sold as freedom is not freedom at all. So a part of this seeking, think about it. The, the Bible says number, they were trying to speak to the dead. They were trying to do all of these things which is condemned in the Word of God, I may add. But they were doing all of these things. Necromancy. But they were also looking to soothsayers. They wanted to know what the future held. Anybody? They wanted to know what the future held. They were, they were seeking these outside of God, but they were going to these soothsayers, these, these psychics, and they were trying to get a picture. They wanted to have certainty of the future. They were in darkness. They were seeking for things that's needed. But let me tell you something, folks. When you know Christ is your Savior, you've got some certainty about the future. Now, you're, you're looking at a guy today that I can tell you, uh, I have worried and stressed very little in the past couple years. And I'm not bragging on that, okay? And it's not because I'm oblivious, alright? I know and I see what's going on around us. But here's the thing. I do, I do not know exactly what tomorrow holds. I may add, I know some of it, amen? Because God, the, the Word of God reads ahead of uh, tomorrow's newspapers. Let me just tell you that. It really does. But with some of the specifics about tomorrow, I don't know what tomorrow holds. But here's the thing about having light. Here's the thing about knowing Jesus. I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. The Bible says in, in the book of Romans chapter number 8, the Bible says, "How that he that, he that spared not His own Son. In other words, He that loved me as an individual, you as an individual, enough to give His own Son to go to the cross for my sins, to die for me, to rise again for me. 
to have somebody come share that message with me? He loves me that much? You know what? He loves me enough to take care of tomorrow. Hey, the birds aren't stressed, are they? Have they not been watching the news? Well, they probably haven't. We might could take some uh, advice from that, some of that. They're not worried, but, but they're not they're not harming or anything either, are they? They're just trusting God to provide. And I'm just simply saying that, man, I don't know what tomorrow holds fully, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I do know the end, amen. I know ultimately what uh, the Bible promises. But I'm just saying here, the darkness leads to more death, and death is separation. If you look at these verses, there's some interesting things here. Verse 20, the Bible says there's no light in them. Verse 21, the Bible says, and they shall pass through it hardly be stead. Which just simply means this. People turn to darkness. People turn to ways outside of God. Outside of themselves, but still outside of God. And that, that little phrase there where the Bible says... Um, Let's see, I had it right here. Uh, verse 21 of chapter 8. Uh, they shall pass through it, hardly be stead, which just simply means there's no payoff. It speaks of sin's empty promises. And that thought continues. Hardly be stead and hungry. Are you hungry today? Somebody says, yeah, well you shut up so we can eat. <laughs> but are you hungry today? All right. <laughs> we've got God puts a there's a hunger down in your soul that let me tell you something praise God Jesus said I'm the bread of life I'm the bread of life Jesus said I'm the water of life he that thirsteth he that drinketh of me shall never thirst again the Bible says I better just move this how about that uh, the, the, the bread of life if you, if you partake of the Lord you'll never hunger again Man, you're looking at a guy today that one day the light shined in my heart and I realized that what I was seeking outside of myself, again, initially it was uh, drugs, party, and those kinds of things. But even within that, I had a religious side. I had the part of me that ultimately I was trusting in the fact that my good would hopefully outweigh my bad. That I could be accepted in the sight of God Almighty. But one day the light shined in my heart that the reason Jesus came is because my good will not outweigh my bad. That whatever religion, whatever church I may have had, if any of that was sufficient, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. Jesus wouldn't have had to die if your church was good enough. If this church was good enough. If, if, if baptism was... Jesus wouldn't have had to die. But He did have to die. And when, that was, when the Lord revealed that to my heart and I put my faith and my trust in Him, man, let me tell you something. Man, I've been satisfied. And I'm not saying it's been easy, but man, I'm, I, just, I just want to testify today and I just want to give glory to God. And if I wasn't so dignified, I might just go, woo, and just shout hallelujah. Amen, Eric? She's helping me. That's all right. I like it. Hey, he, he, he's worthy. He's worthy. I've got something to be excited about today. And it's the light of Christmas. Amen? You see that the Bible says these people that are in darkness, they're hungry. The Bible says they shall fret themselves. But Jesus said that in the last days, men's hearts would faint because of fear. Anybody know what fear is? You know anything about fear today? Oh my gosh. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a pandemic in and of itself. Fear. 
They shall fret themselves. This is the state of man. They're seeking outside of themselves. They're seeking away from God. But they're coming up hungry. They're coming up thirsty. They're coming up with fear. And notice this. The Bible says in verse 21, and they shall curse their king. And the Bible says they shall curse God. Isn't that amazing? Man chooses darkness And when they begin to reap the results of their darkness, then they turn around and cuss God for it. Why is God giving me a world like this? No. God gave us a perfect world. Man sinned and messed it up. Right? And and our sin messes up our own world. But let me tell you something today. There's still hope. But people will turn around and cuss God. Then the Bible says in verse 22, and they shall look unto the earth. They look the wrong way. Here's the sad thing. People oftentimes, they're in darkness and they begin to realize that they're hungry, they're fretting, they're thirsty. It's not paying off. But the Bible says they end up looking to the earth instead of looking to the Lord. And the Bible says, and behold, trouble and darkness and dimness and, angu- and uh, anguish. But go down to chapter 9, verse 2, and I'm almost done. That's the backdrop of Christmas, is what I'm trying to tell you today. Verse 2 of chapter 9 the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Now drop down to verse 6. Four. Unto us a child is born. You see, that's the background. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A child was born in Bethlehem that morning, that night. 33 years later, a son was given. As the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And folks, the light of Christmas was born. See, so many are in in darkness of sin and despair and loneliness. But I want to tell you today, Jesus Christ is the answer. And you can know Him today. Not only did He come come to Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, folks, I want to tell you, He's coming here today. Because He wants to shine light into your life. And listen, where light is, life is. And He wants to bring life. Jesus wants to give you abundant life. See, people with the wrong view of you know, God and religion think, well, man, I'd hate to get involved in church and religion, man. That's just boring as all get out. Well, I agree with you. Certain places I've been. But let me tell you something, man. Knowing the Creator ain't boring. Knowing God, I mean, listen, man, it's something to be excited about. It's the abundant life. It's not something that we just have on Sunday mornings and and Wednesdays. But I want to tell you, man, the Bible says the mercies and the grace of God, it's new every morning. (laughs) Oh boy, praise the Lord. You say, preacher, why are you excited? Listen, the angels were excited, weren't they, on Christmas? Let me be excited a little bit. We've got something to be excited about. Um... Yeah, I mean, listen, the Lord has come. And the Bible, it's cool because the Bible says this is what Christmas is and the reason Jesus came. Matthew 4.14. The Bible says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet, saying in Matthew 4.16, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them 
which sat in the region of the shadow of death is light sprung up. Jesus said in John 12, 46, I am come a light into the world. Whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. You think about this for a moment. And I'm getting to a close, but let me bring it down to this. Think about this for a moment. What was man's problem? Walking in darkness. The darkness of sin. The Bible says we were all born sinners. Every last one of us. Everybody in darkness. So you know what Jesus did for you? The G- Jesus Christ endured darkness. Matthew 27, verse 45. The Bible says now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. When Jesus Christ took your darkness, when Jesus Christ said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He took your darkness. Your darkness. He loved you that much. I quoted John 3.16 just a moment ago. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him, whosoever believeth in Him, that's you. Whosoever believeth in Him. By the way, that's your part. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Listen to this. In Him was life. Well, let me say, in Him was life. And His life was the light of men. And listen to this. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And the Bible goes on to say the reason that people do not want to come to Christ. It's an amazing verse where the Bible says this. And this is the condemnation. That light... This is verse 19 of John 3. This is the condemnation that light, listen to me, is coming to the world. You know what God wants to do? He wants to bring light into your life today. That's what He's trying to do. He's trying to reveal something, open up your heart today. You hear me? Open up your mind, open up your heart. That light is coming to the world. But notice what it says there. Men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. You know, there's some people, they can't find the light for the same reason a criminal can't find a police officer. They're not looking for it. Men, isn't that a sad statement? Jesus came to your darkness, to the darkness of this world. And He says, I want to bring light. I want to bring life. I see you. Jesus says, I see you hungry. I see you thirsty. I see you lost. I see you fearful. I see all that. I want to bring light. Man, I want to give you life. I want to give you joy. I want to give you peace. The light shines, but men love darkness rather than light. Men say, you know what? I think I'll just keep my religion. I've had it for a long time. People say, you know what, I think I'll just keep my sin. I'm just going to hold on to that. I'm going to keep my ignorance. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on to my pride. And what I want to beg you today, I want to beg you to accept and receive the light of Jesus Christ. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, listen to me today. And I'm, and I'm finishing. Oh, if you would just open your heart and life. If you would just by faith say, you know what, Jesus? I do want you in my life. I do want you in my life. I do want your light. God, I see my darkness. You, you, you ever see something in the light? You ever see yourself in the light and not, look what, not like what you see? You might be like that today. Maybe God has shown some light on some sin in your life. And you just want to turn the light out rather than address it. But Jesus brings your sin up. You know why? So that He can forgive it. Not so He can rub your nose in it. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to cleanse you from your sin. He wants to cleanse you from guilt and shame. That's what He wants to do in your life today. Would you receive His light? Would you say, Jesus, You came all the way to Bethlehem? You went all the way to the cross? And in spirit today, you come all the way to me today to where if you would receive me, if you would receive him, that if you would say, Lord Jesus, I want you to become in my, come into my life and be my Savior. Lord, I want to turn from darkness, not back to the other darkness, but I want to turn from darkness and Jesus turn to you. Would you do that today? You know how simple it is? And I'll ask the pianist to come play. You know how simple it is? Think about something else. I preached about the first Christmas light. What about the first Christmas present? Born. Mary wrapped him up, didn't she? In swaddling clothes. You know the Bible says that salvation is a gift from God. As I speak to you this very moment, the gift of salvation has been purchased. The gift of salvation has been prepared. And as I speak to you this very moment, I extend to you. God extends to you His gift. Next week, just like we'll extend our gifts to others that we've paid for. We've wrote their name right on it. There's a gift today with your name on it. All you must be, be willing to do, would you today... Be willing to receive that gift. Ari, do you have any gifts under the tree? You got any packages with your name on it? You, you may before it's over with. But I doubt very seriously that she plans on letting Christmas come and go without opening up that package. Now that would be awfully sweet if little Ari says, Oh, you know... Uh, if Ariana, if she is to say, oh, you know, uh, thank you, Mom and Dad, I appreciate you getting me a gift, and it just stays under the tree. And they're like, well, we kind of want you to actually get it. See, there's a lot of you, no doubt, that are just saying, oh, I think it's wonderful that Jesus went to the cross. That's just so great. It is so great. How about taking the gift? How about receiving the gift today? How would you like to have a gift shoved back in your face today? How would, how would that feel to you? Something that you really, something you really invested in? Something you really cared about? Are you going to do that to Christ today? Are you going to do that to God today? No, thank you. I'm good. I've got my thing. I've got my darkness. I've got my religion. I'm not trying to get you to convert to some religion, folks. I just want you to know Jesus today. That's it. I just want you to know Jesus. Let's all stand.
And as we do, I want to ask you and invite you to say this prayer along with me.